Well, are you ready to hear the word? Greg Madden is bringing us the word. Prior to his being a believer, he was a mechanic, a career mechanic for 24 years, and then the Lord led him to buy his own business. He's, in, he's been in the vending machine business, has over 100 and some machines in this area, and uh, he's been doing that for 15 years, and he's been bringing the word as well. So, Greg, come right on, brother. Show him some love. You know, there's pretty much one thing that we as believers agree on, and that's the fact that this attitude of thanksgiving, this gratitude that we have towards the Lord, it needs to be an all-year thing, doesn't it? It needs to be an all-year thing. It's not just a one-day holiday, and uh, it should be a constant thing in our lives. You know, we're very blessed in this country. We're very blessed. We have problems in the country, yes, but we live in the greatest country in the world, amen? amen. And we, uh, most of us have everything we need and uh, some of what we want to. <laughs> that, that's a good way to look at it. So this attitude of thankfulness, of gratitude, it should be a heartfelt attitude within us as we go through life and outward reflection of who we are in Christ. You know, for me, it's easy to see, but without God, without His love for us, I would have very little or nothing to be thankful for at all. It's easy to see for me because my walk began later in life than some, and uh, by the time I began walking with the Lord, I had accumulated a lot of things that I needed forgiveness for, a lot of things that I needed to fix. God is good, right? And uh, I was forgiven much. So I'm very thankful for that. You know, when you're forgiven much, you have much to be thankful for. Everyone's different. Each one's different. We all came to the Lord in different manners. But no matter your story, no matter how, why, when, or where, you gave your life to the Lord. You know, we all have some common ground in this area. We're going to start right there in Romans chapter 3. We're going to read a few verses. We're going to get right into the Word here. How's that, y'all? Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time in Your Word. We thank You for opening eyes, ears, minds, and hearts. Help us receive according to Your plan, Your purpose, and Your will for this message in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start in verse 21, Romans chapter 3. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Do you see some common ground there? Who needs Jesus? We all need Jesus, don't we? We all need grace. And uh, that's where we can come together as believers. 
That passage makes it loud and clear. We all need grace, mercy, forgiveness, redemption. It's a common need we all share in the body of Christ. We need God's salvation. So thankfulness, gratitude, they help us to see our need for Jesus. Did you know that? A thankful spirit, a thankful heart, as you go through life, it helps us to see how important Jesus is. It allows us to move forward in God's strength, in God's power, to do the work that He's called us to. Are you thankful for that today? You know, 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. How many are thankful for Jesus? How many are thankful for the power that's available to us through the blood? I have to say right here, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's a whole house full of people here who do. Amen? And they'll be more than willing to talk to you after church. We have prayer ministers. So don't go out of here if you're prompted to do something about it. You know, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So I'm going to talk to you today about that thankful attitude, about being thankful towards God for all He's done. The name of this message today, let's call it eternal gratitude, fruits of a thankful heart. We're going to look at the outward results or the fruits of a thankful attitude, the blessings that come as a result of a thankful heart. Uh, If you're following in your Bible, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 7, or uh, the tech team is putting them on the screen for us as well. Are you thankful for them today? We have a great tech team, a great praise and worship team here at Generations. So turn to Luke chapter 7, and I want to ask you a question. You know, Jesus was here, He came in the flesh. John 1, 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. <clears throat> was Jesus thankful to His Father? Did Jesus have a grateful attitude? We see it all through the Gospels, don't we? We see it all through the Gospels. In uh, Matthew 11, when He was rebuking certain cities for not repenting, you know, He prayed, He said, I thank You, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Are you grateful that we understand the things of God, that we have that ability through Jesus Christ, we can have relationship with our Father? Amen. At the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus said, you know, Scripture says he, He lifted His eyes and He said, Father, I thank You that You have heard me. He said, and I know that You always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So what's Jesus showing us right here? He's showing us that our thankfulness to Him, our gratitude reveals Jesus to those around us. To those around us in the body and those around us outside the body in our everyday life. Now, Jesus gave thanks to God when He broke bread. He gave thanks to God often in the Bibles, and He is our example, so let's follow that example. Amen? Are you in Luke chapter 7 if you're turning? We are uh, 
let's preface this just a little bit. We're coming in here while Jesus was teaching in Capernaum. There's a, a Pharisee named Simon, and Simon asked Jesus into his house to eat. So let's look and see this. We're going to pick up in verse 36. We're going to read a couple of verses, and then we're going to finish the uh, passage afterward. Verse 36, then one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And he went down to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. And she stood at Jesus' feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Do you see a thankful attitude right there? Do you see gratefulness? So there's a few things we need to talk about before we go too far into this. Uh, you know, this has been speculated on. We're not going to speculate about the Word of God, are we? You know, people try to tell you this is Mary Magdalene, but yet Mary is introduced as a new character by the same author just a few verses later. So we're, we're not going to try to figure out who she is. We're going to figure out what Scripture tells us. Scripture tells us a woman in the city who is a sinner. So that's what we're going to go with, isn't it? Right? What the Word of God tells us. Another thing we need to know to avoid confusion is that there's two instances that are very similar to this one. We know that there are two different instances because this is the first one, the first incident or event of a woman anointing Jesus. And this one occurred early in Jesus' ministry around 28 A.D. And it was in the city of Capernaum. It took place in the house of a Pharisee named Simon. And it's only recorded in the Gospel of Luke. The second very similar incident was way towards the end of Jesus' public ministry. It was around 30 A.D. And uh, it was so close to the end, in fact, that it was done in relation to Jesus' burial. It was in the town of Bethany. Total different place, different time. And it was recorded in different Gospels. It was recorded in Matthew, Mark, and John. And it wasn't even mentioned in Luke. So there's two different instances. We're going to stick with this first one. This is a very deep passage today. And this is not an all-inclusive study of this passage. We're going to look at this passage in the context of what we're studying today. Gratitude and uh, thankfulness, forgiveness. Pastor Allen, was it last week or the week before, he talked to you about the difference briefly between a topical message and a scriptural message. This is going to be a topical message today. It's not all-inclusive on this particular passage. So we're going to keep the context in mind with this study, Eternal Gratitude, Fruits of a Thankful Heart. So as we go into this, it's also important that we don't judge or condemn, but we examine the fruits that are shown here by the sinful woman, as she is called, as well as the Pharisee. We're in Simon the Pharisee's house. The woman has washed Jesus' feet. He's wiped 
she's uh, washed him with his, her tears. She's wiped him with her hair, and she's anointed his feet with oil. So let's read on. We're going to pick up in 39. Now when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. We're going to back up and talk about this after we get through reading. Jesus answered and said to him in verse 40, Simon, I have something to say to you. Simon said, Teacher, say it. There is a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, which is a little over a year's wages in this time. The other owed 50 denarii, which is about a month's wages back then. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him more. Simon the Pharisee answered and he said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. Jesus said to him, you have rightly judged. Then Jesus turned to the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? He said, I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. 45, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So we're going to look closer at this. We have Simon, the Pharisee, we call him the homeowner today, wouldn't we? We have the homeowner, we have a woman from the city who is a sinner. We have those who sit at the table and we have Jesus. And I want us to ask ourselves a question, each one of us, before we start getting into this passage. The two main characters here are Simon and the woman who is a sinner. I want you to ask yourself if you have anything in common with these two. What are some of the similarities that you see between yourself and the Pharisee? Maybe similarities you see between yourself and the sinful woman. What are some of the differences? Let's just keep that in mind as we go forward. Can we do that? So uh, the Pharisees, the religious leaders here, they set themselves apart from women such as this. Did they not? Let's read verse 39 again. Now when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, talking about Jesus, if he were a prophet would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, 
for she is a sinner. Did this woman know that? Did she sense the attitude that this Pharisee and these people had towards her? Can you tell when you're looked down on? Can you kind of feel that? Kind of hurts, don't it? Can, can you sense that animosity towards you? That uh, She is a sinner. She's over there. But yet, she went ahead and she went into that house. Not wanted, uninvited. She went right on in there, didn't she? Why did she do that? Why would you want to go in somewhere where you're not wanted? Where people are all against you? Look at verse 37. There's one answer. And behold, a woman in the city who is a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table, that's when she went in. It was Jesus. That's the only reason. That's all she needed. She didn't care about anything else. She didn't care if she was invited. She didn't care what people thought about her. Jesus is all that she needed. And she had to get to Him at any cost. Can you relate to that? Have you ever felt that way? You just got to get to Jesus. And you know, we, uh, we can see her respect and admiration for Jesus. We can see her thankfulness for what He's done. For forgiveness. Are you thankful for forgiveness today? Well, that would be a similarity with this person, wouldn't it? Now, Simon the Pharisee. You know, let's, let's, let's look. We can see her thankfulness through her actions. Let's look and see what we see with Simon. Why did he invite Jesus to begin with? We don't know. Scripture don't tell us. So we're not going to read into that, but rather we're going to look at his actions. We're going to look at his words. And it, Scripture even gives us his thoughts here, doesn't it? So we're going to look at these outward fruits with a warning. I'm just going to say it because it's true in the body of Christ. When we look at someone who is judgmental of others, it can be very, very easy for us to fall into that same judgment. Is that true? Anybody ever experienced that? It can happen. So we need to be aware of that as we move forward into this. And, uh, you know, Paul writes in Romans 2.1, he says, You are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. That's Romans 2.1. And Luke here, the author himself, about a chapter earlier, I think it may be Luke 6, 37, he says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. That's the same author here that wrote that. So we need to keep that in our mind as we move forward in this. As we read, we want to see the attitudes and actions of a thankful heart as well as the attitudes and action of an ungrateful heart. Why do we want to see these things? So we can check ourselves. Amen? Whose job is it to make sure we stay in line? Whose job is it to make sure that we continue in a grateful attitude? We have to look at ourselves sometimes, don't we? It's easy to, uh, 
get out of that in this day and time. So we're going to look at what these attitudes produce in our lives and in the lives of others, in the lives of our brothers and sisters around us, in the lives of our family. What do you see when you see someone who is truly grateful for what they have? What do you see? Well, this woman here, she proceeded to anoint Jesus regardless of what those around her thought. She didn't care. Are you so thankful for Jesus that you'll talk about him in the grocery store? Are you so thankful for Jesus that you'll talk about him anywhere, not caring what the people around you think? That's what gratitude towards what, he done, what he's done for you causes. And there's another thing. This woman, she went in here where she was not liked, not invited. She drops down to the floor and she's crying. She takes her hair and she wipes his feet. Is that prideful? about as far away from prideful as you can get and that is true humility true humility her gratitude was so strong for what Jesus has done that she uh she just had to show him she just had to get to him she just had to experience Jesus for herself have you experienced Jesus for yourself if not we'll talk about that after service in Ephesians 4 Paul said we've been reading that in uh the adult Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sundays. Y'all are all welcome. We've been reading that in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul said that to walk worthy of the calling with which we were called, we must do so with all lowliness and gentleness. So which one of these two people are we seeing lowliness and gentleness from? You know, that's the reflection of gratitude. This woman's thankfulness toward Jesus, it caused her to exhibit these actions, the fruits of a thankful heart. And let's look at the flip side of this with our warning we already talked about. Verse 39. Now when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. Okay, it says he spoke to himself. So what does this mean? It means it's his innermost thoughts. It's his heart attitude. He's feeding his inner thoughts. He's feeding it with these phrases that are spelled out here. What manner of woman is this? If Jesus knew what manner of woman this is. You know, the Pharisee, he's setting himself apart from her, isn't he? Is that what he's doing here? For she is a sinner. By calling her a sinner, he's implying what? He's implying that he's in not, that he is not. And what we read in Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we don't want to imply that, do we? You know, in 1 John 1.10, it says that if we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar. That's word for word, 1 John 1.10. I don't want to make God a liar, do you? 1 John 1.10 says if we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar and His word is not in us. I want God's word in me. Amen. You know? Uh, 
Verse 44, let's read further. But we need to see from this that, you know, if we see ourselves as different from sinners, where's the danger in that? If we see ourselves as different from this sinner, then we can't see our own need for forgiveness. We can't see our own need for Jesus. You know, it's hard to be thankful for something that you don't see yourself as needing. Is that right? So we have to be careful with this. That's why we're looking at this today, to, to see these attitudes and what they cause and what they bring in our lives. Verse 44, Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. She gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Again, this is not a prideful attitude. This is humility being displayed right here, isn't it? 45, he's talking to Simon. Jesus talking to Simon. He says, you gave me no kiss. But this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Jesus contrasts the actions of the Pharisee with the actions of the woman. There's something we really need to understand. We, we, if we really want to get this, we need to understand the difference between Jesus' day and our day. You know, washing feet, anointing with oil, a kiss of greeting, they were all common practices back then, weren't they? Because, I mean, they walked for miles in the desert with sandals on. I imagine their feet got dirty, right? So it was common practice to offer water. And uh, all these things were courtesies extended to a guest in Jesus' day. You know, in our day, it would be like inviting someone over and uh, they come to your door. Hey, I'm glad you're here. You know, come on in. Can I get you something to drink? Uh, glad you made the trip. How was your drive? That would be comparable with washing feet, anointing oil, a kiss of greeting. Can we agree on that? Maybe a handshake. I'm not going to mention COVID, so a handshake. And, uh, well, I guess I just did. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we have to think about that. It would be as if we invited someone to our house, they rang the doorbell, we opened the door, looked at them, and walked away. Didn't invite them in. Didn't say, hi, glad you came. Didn't offer them something to drink. Didn't shake their hand. In essence, that's what the Pharisee was doing right here to Jesus. Was the Pharisee thankful that Jesus was in his house? I don't see evidence of it, do you? I'm not seeing evidence of it. No welcome, no greeting, no simple courtesy that was extended back in that day. So again, why did he invite Jesus? We don't know for sure. But sure doesn't seem from his attitude, from his, what he's displaying, that he was grateful for Jesus being his guest that day, does it? So what happens when we are not thankful? What happens when we get in that place to where we're not appreciative, we're not grateful 
And I'm going to bring in part of uh, Pastor Allen's message last week. As he gave that message, I already had a couple of these verses picked out. Can you say connection? Can you say thank you, Holy Spirit? Romans 1, verse 20 and 21. And they're doing a great job putting this on the screen back there, aren't they? Are you thankful for that today? Romans 1, verse 20 and 21. Right out of Pastor's message last week. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 21. Because, although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So look closer, they knew God. Verse 21, although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful. And the next line is going to show us the result of being unthankful towards God. I mean, you've got to have somebody help you misunderstand this. It's loud and it's clear. So let's just look in, in the New King James Version, which is what I'm reading out of. It says they became futile in their thoughts. The King James Version, it says they became vain in their imaginations. And, and if you want to read the Amplified Version, it takes it even farther. It says godless in their thinking, with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculation. Wow. Amplified lays it all out there, don't it? Vain, foolish, stupid. Who wants to resemble those remarks? Not me. <laughs> Still in verse 21, the last line of that, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Who wants to go through life with a darkened heart? Mm -mm. No. So we have to be so careful with our attitudes. We have to be so careful in how we reflect to others. Verse 47 and 48, back in our passage, Luke chapter 7. Verse 47, Jesus is speaking to Simon still here. He says, Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Overflowing love and gratitude are a natural result of forgiveness, aren't they? I know I'm so grateful that Jesus forgave me that I can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Because that's what I need. I don't know about you guys, but I've got to have that if I want to function. And let's look at the reality here. It says, uh, 
Right here it says much forgiven and little forgiven. So why is that? Much forgiven, little forgiven. Did the Pharisee have less sin than the woman? We, we don't know that. That's not our place to judge. But it has nothing to do with the amount of sin in your life. It has to do with the amount of sin you're willing to admit to and confess and repent from. Amen? Is that true? I want it all out of me. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want any, any wicked ways in me. Amen? So, the difference is she admitted her sin, he did not. Therefore, for the woman much was forgiven. This causes an attitude of thankfulness. This brings forth gratitude out of our spirit. Verse 50, Then Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Being thankful for Jesus brings peace into our life, doesn't it? Peace in knowing that He loves us. Peace in knowing that He cares. Peace in knowing that, get this one, peace in knowing that we don't have to constantly prove ourselves righteous. Is that good? It's not us. We don't have to worry about that. Peace in knowing that we don't constantly have to compare ourselves to others to produce righteousness, which is what this Pharisee was trying to do right here. And we're going to leave this passage, and as I said, we're not going to read into a bunch of stuff that's not in here. We could, but we're not going to. We're only going to look at exactly what we're told, exactly what Scripture says here. What are we told? What do we know from Scripture in this that we just read? Let's start with a Pharisee. Was the Pharisee forgiven? We don't know, do we? Scripture doesn't tell us. Here's a hard one. Was the Pharisee saved? Was he going to spend eternity with Jesus? We don't know. It doesn't tell us here, does it? Not our place to judge. Are you glad of that? What about peace? Was this Pharisee at peace with himself and at peace with God? Doesn't say anything about about that here for him, does it? Let's ask the same three questions about the sinner, the woman who is a sinner. Was she forgiven? (laughs) Absolutely. Read verse 48. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Again, you got to have somebody help you misunderstand that one. She was forgiven. She confessed, repented, had a grateful attitude, a thankful heart, and she was forgiven. Was she saved? Was she going to spend eternity with Jesus? Where does it tell us that? Verse 50. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Is that pretty clear? Your faith has saved you. That grateful heart causes us to reach out to Jesus by faith. What about peace? Was she at peace with herself? Was she at peace with God? Well, if she listened to Jesus' command, she was, wasn't she? In verse 50, he says, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Verse 
So discerning everything we looked at, we already know the answer. Which one of these two displayed the fruits of thankfulness and gratitude in their actions? We already know that, don't we? Thanksgiving brings peace. So which attitude do we want to reflect in life? Absolutely. We want, we want people to see us peaceful, not worried and anxious. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen? Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Just as we saw Jesus tell the woman who was previously a sinner. You like that word previously being stuck in there? He told her to go in peace. Can we walk in peace also? We quote this verse often. We focus on the peace that surpasses understanding. But let's look a little closer. Be anxious for nothing, it tells us in this version, the New King James. Be careful for nothing, it says in King James. Uh, Amplified will tell you, do not fret. And the Living Bible tells you, do not worry about anything. And that Greek root, when you look at it, it, it actually points toward anxious, which is in the uh, New King James Version. You look up anxious in Webster's, it says extreme uneasiness of mind or brooding fear about something. Who wants to go through life like that? Extreme uneasiness of mind. Have you ever experienced that? I have, but I'm not there anymore, thank God. Brooding fear about something. You ever know people who are just constantly trying to speak all this negative stuff and uh, being afraid? You know, we need God. We need Jesus. That's what we need. We need Jesus. And a thankful heart towards Him brings peace. It takes us out of that. It brings peace in knowing that God has brought you through so much. Think about that. When you thank God, it says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You know, you go to Him, you're asking Him, Lord, I'm, I'm beating my head against the wall, I'm having a hard time here. Where does the thanksgiving come in? You thank Him for what He's brought you through in the past. You thank Him for what He's doing in your life now. And you thank Him in advance by faith, knowing that it is done. Is that right? It's all under the blood. It's all been done. It's all under the blood. Just as He's brought you through every trial you've ever faced, He's going to bring you through this one also. Some of you are going through some stuff today, but He's going to bring you out. Amen? Thank Him for it. Thank Him for it. And thank Him for bringing you out every other time in your life. Thank Him for what He's done for you, for your family, for your church members around you, for your brothers and sisters. Allow those thoughts to keep you from worry, anxiety, and fear. You know, the thoughts of our good God and what He's done for us. Right, Greg? Amen. Thank God for what He's done. Thank Him for what He's doing and for what He's going to do 
Is that right? So, uh, thinking by faith, does God hear you when you talk to Him? Can we put up John 11 again? John 11, 41 and 42, please. You know, thanking by faith, knowing that He hears you. Remember Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up His eyes and said, Father, I thank You that You have heard me. And I know that You always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that I sent you. Do you believe that God sent Jesus in the flesh to die for you, to be resurrected on the third day and sit at the right hand of the Father? Amen. Are you thankful for that? Do you walk according to that gratitude in your heart? That's what this message is about today. And that that allows us something. It takes us to a place 1 John 5.14 Now, that word now can be translated different ways, but we're going to use it for now. We're in this place right now. Our gratefulness, our thankfulness, our gratitude towards God brings us into this place where now this is the confidence we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Are we getting that today? A thankful heart allows boldness and confidence in our relationship with God. I want you to think about that as we close. Now, right now, today, we can have that confidence that when we get in line with God's will, we know that the Almighty Creator of the universe hears us. Oh my gosh, are you grateful for that? Are you thankful for that today?